Hello everybody and welcome to Meet the Business. I am your host, I'm Henry Steams. Everybody, how do you do? And joining me today is Elizabeth from Bit Spicy. Elizabeth, how are you? Very well, thank you, Henry. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Not at all. So, um, Liz, let's start off this interview. What sparked the idea to begin your company? Well, my husband and I were always cooking. Well, he was cooking the curries. We were always eating spicy food. He grew up in Singapore and it just never seemed to quite work. The curries were different every time he cooked them. And we just decided to be a bit more organized about the whole thing, start measuring ingredients. And then we just thought, let's actually start a business. We do this better than anybody else. Awesome. So you saw a open area in the market, I imagine. Tell me, what was that open area thing and how did you sort of exploit it to become the awesome company that is Bit Spicy? Well, you get a lot of ground spices. I mean, obviously, you've got the big names like Sharwoods and Pataks and things like that. There are a lot of pastes out there. There are spices for Madras and Korma and things like that. But you just basically don't get any Southeast Asian spices at all spice blends and because Andrew grew up in Singapore and those were the ones that he was always trying to cook that's where we saw an opening in the market for really unusual spices awesome so also now this is the question I always love asking everybody always love doing it is how did you come up with the name of your company because the name bit spicy is just to me utter fantastic and it's so good I wish I'd thought of it well we um we, we were sitting in a meeting, we got some friends along, we had the guy that was actually doing our website at the time, we've subsequently had a, a newer, more up-to-date website, um, but we were just sitting around talking about names, and there's an awful lot of spicy names that somebody else has already taken, Spice Entice, for example, Spice Kitchen, Go Spice, there are lots of spice names, and, um, and then we were just talking about how we could just make ourselves stand out, and somebody just said, what about, well, you know, everybody goes, oh, that's a bit spicy. And we thought, yeah, that's a really good name for a company because literally we say it ourselves, oh, that is a bit spicy. And then my mother said, oh, it sounds a bit like a lingerie company. And we thought we've got to go for that name. So in discussing imagery and company identity, how did you start off sort of doing that? Was it like a natural progression moving from one thing to the other? Or was it going, starting something and then actually realizing, no, this is better moving forward? How did that sort of evolve? Well, I have to say everything we've done has been very organic. We started off by needing a logo. So we found, we liked the shape of a habanero. Um, so that's what we went for. And then we stuck it on its side. And I said, look, it's a bit spicy. Why don't we take a bite out of it? And then there was a big chat about apple and the bite taken out of an apple. And we thought, well, if they want to sue us, fantastic. It's going to be great publicity. Obviously, they never have, sadly. But anyway, so that's where the Bit Spicy logo came from. And everything else that we've done has sort of evolved from there, really. So our packaging has gone through about four different stages in the last six years, I would say, and, and, and all the other design around it as well. So how did you create, to say more in detail, about you know, the, create the identity of your company with all of this put together? Um, we didn't really go about trying to create an identity. We just had our spice blends and we had our logo and our name and we'd go to a lot of events and people would come up and say, oh, I love your packaging. I love your logo. I love the name of your company. Um, and then they would just sort of buy spices. So that was the main way we used to promote the company was actually just going to events and letting people taste the product. So everything has been extremely sort of organic and, you know, just that's how everything's progressed.
So when it came, when you're obviously starting a company um, and it came to such paying things as like legal fees and issues like that, how did that sort of um, roll out for you and how did you um, sort of go through that process? Well, we didn't have any legal fees. We literally just set the company up. I mean, my husband and I, we're both qualified accountants. So nothing phases us in that respect. And we knew that you can just set up a company literally by going online and paying 50 quid. And you've got a company and you get articles of association, you get the company number, you get everything like that. We also knew we had to register for VAT and things like that early on so that because we're selling a food product, an ingredient, there's no VAT on sales, but there are obviously going to be, there was going to be VAT on purchases. So we didn't actually need any legal advice at all. And we've been always been able to do the accountancy side of things ourselves. So when it comes to the modern day market, did you want more of a uh, digital presence first or a more real life presence first when it came to advertising the company? Well, first of all, the first thing we did, we tried advertising in a couple of sort of local magazines and things like that. But the main marketing exercise we did was starting to go to gift fairs and food fairs. Since then, and especially this year, which has obviously just been a nightmare for most people, we've relied heavily on the digital marketing side of things. So we've actually got we've actually got somebody on our team now who is doing most of our Instagram posts. I mean, we still do stuff ourselves, but we've got somebody sort of coordinating our social media for us now. Um, And that that is having a big impact on online sales, because obviously this year, we, we're only doing online sales. Normally we would go to events, um, but they've all been cancelled. So um, it's made a real difference to us. Initially starting off, I think we did spend quite a lot of money on sort of paper sales, as it were, advertising, but it actually just didn't bring anything in. You've really got to spend a lot of money on that. And digital sales for a small company like ours actually works much better because people are interested in the people and the product far more. So how did your customers sort of find you and how did you become aware yourself of what your clientele was? Well, we used to go to events. So in the, in the early days, and we're going back sort of six or seven years, we had very few online sales. We did set the business up to be an online business. It's like packaging. It's very easy to send out. So that was always the raison d'etre of the company. But then we then very rapidly realized that if we went to events for the first event we went to was a local Christmas market we did fantastically well. We would like the new kids on the blog. Everybody wanted to buy our stuff. It was great. Um, it, 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 through doing that, people then came and bought online, gave it to, as gifts. Other people came and bought online. And that's still probably the best way that we have of promoting our business. Sadly, not this year, though. So overall, how much of you say your marketing goes on digital now and how much would go on physical marketing? all digital Excellent. i mean i mean i mean i mean especially this year we're not going to any events so there would uh, we would spend a lot of money doing events but this year we haven't done anything like that they've all been cancelled so when it comes to obviously marketing your company starting up marketing could you give um, our viewers any advice or any tips you've got on the way or anything you'd like to pass on to anyone who's starting up my husband's laughing in the background saying don't do it but but apart from that (laughs) um i i think the um i think you do need to set up all the things that sound a bit tedious to begin with like twitter and instagram and a business facebook page they actually do work twitter less so for us as a business uh facebook and instagram definitely work 
Um, and I feel it's not, you will get bombarded at the beginning by people like Condé Nast trying to get you to do their Christmas page of stocking fillers and, and you know, um, wholesale food magazines, things like that. It, it actually just doesn't work because the people reading those things, um, they, they, they may come and buy separately online and things like that, but it just, it just made absolutely no difference to us whatsoever in the early days. It was a complete waste of time, effort and money. So, so, the, so what has made a difference is the Instagram and the Facebook side of things, definitely. It's much easier to engage with people if you're doing that and engaging when you're a small business is what you need to do. So Liz, earlier on, you just talked about, you know, events that you went to and go to. Um, would there be any you recommend people um, go to and uh, why? Well, it depends what they're selling. Um, but for the food businesses, um, we've got a couple of local food festivals um which are fantastic for us in kent and um there have been some others we're lucky enough to get into elsewhere in the country people can be a bit sort of not parochial but they like to support local businesses which is absolutely what you want so it's quite hard to get into ones around the country and then there are some various gift fairs um that are all, are always quite good i mean the most expensive ones we don't do anymore because you pay an awful lot of money um and you know our products are four pounds a packet you know it's a lot we're not selling something ridiculously expensive so we have to sell an awful lot of something to cover some of the pitch fees for some of the really big fairs so i think anybody starting out they just need to look around not necessarily farmers markets but look and see what local events sort of high-end gift fairs in their local environment so for example you're are you you in richmond uh, yeah, we're in Richmond, North Yorkshire. Yeah, so, for example, Harrogate and York both do great gift fairs. We've done several up there. Awesome. So, looking back um, from the beginning of your company up to now, can you tell um, everyone about maybe some of the sort of trials and tribulations that has you know gone in the history of your company and how you've overcome them? Trials and tribulations. It's it's really just been trying to boost our sales. That's been the main problem. Um, we, we did have somebody at the beginning who, um, charged us a lot of money for marketing just for a couple of months. And we realized that he literally wasn't doing anything. He'd just taken on an extra member of staff that we were paying for without actually providing us with any backup at all. And it, that, that, um, that wasn't terribly nice. I have to say that it got slightly unfriendly. Um, uh, I think that was the only thing really to be perfectly honest. It's just been a case of, you know, tweaking the packaging um, and finding events to go to. So with many other sort of, you know, um, spice companies out there, um, what do you do sort of in a sense, what do you, how do you fight to stand out from them to get your names um, said above all of them? Um, there aren't very many who actually do the sort of events that we do and do the breadth of spices that we do so we do come across a few there's somebody based in Yorkshire that I don't want to name um, but they just do what we would consider to be the absolute bog standard restaurant curries so tikka korma madras boona or so, you know things like that that everybody goes and has in a curry house and we don't we don't do this we do do a madras which is actually our online one of our best sellers um, just because it's such good quality compared to most madrasas you would get but that's why we we never we ne we would never go to an event and think oh there's somebody else selling spices oh dear we're really going to struggle we go along to the event and think oh dear 
we're going to give them a really hard time because we're going to take all their customers. So I have to say that's the approach that we've always taken because we just know, because we make the spices ourselves, we're not importing them. We're using whole spices that we grind. We just know that our spices are just a much better quality than anybody else's. Most people don't do what we do. So um, from scale, um, Elizabeth, you, you got a Phil 300 machine from us. And um, I'd like to ask you, how has it helped your company um, in terms of, you know, getting um, product out, time? Um, have you felt it's really been a good return of investment for you? It has been an excellent return on investment. I, it hasn't helped the company grow, but it has made life so much easier for us. And this year, if COVID hadn't happened, this year we were thinking about buying another one just so that we could have two working side by side. The only problem with the, the, the machine that we have, we went for that one because it has the very, very detailed measurements on it. We need to get down to the percentage of a gram. We can't go for something that's you know within five grams because our packets are all 30 to 40 grams. We need the really light weight. So it doesn't have such a big hopper on it, for example. Um, that, that's, the only, that's the only disadvantage, really. Uh, we looked at your sealing machine um, earlier in the year, but not quite sure that that's quite right for us. Um, but what the, So what the packaging machine has done is just literally take the weight off our feet. We can sit down and do it. We can just get through so much more in the quantity of packing the spices than we could before. Well, um, Elizabeth, that is the end of the interview. I just want to say thank you so much for um, letting us talk to you and thank you so much for your um, que um, answers. That's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. And everybody, on, you know, if you'd like to hear more, don't forget to check out Bitspice as well. But for the meantime, I'm Henry Stevens and this is Scales Meet the Business. Goodbye. <laughs>